as the race went on, the field of racers got stretched out. And so the leaders were way ahead of some of the other middle pack racers. And then the ones at the end were getting lapped. I mean, you see it on an athletics track as well. But they were strung out all the way through the race, all doing the same race, all going towards the same goal, aiming for that finish line. And I was really reminded that at this time and season in the church, there are so many parts of the body that are strung out in the same way. So we all set off from our start line (laughs) with the mission plans and with the change. And we've got some places that are way ahead in terms of where they're running towards where they need to be. And then there's parts of our body that are in the middle and in that middle pack. And then there's others that are still coming up towards the end for whatever reason. Sometimes it's harder. Sometimes there's just more obstacles to negotiate and to have faith to manoeuvre through as well. But we're all still moving towards that finish line. Welcome back to Emerging Emmaus. Where have we been? Well, we've had the summer between the last episode and now. And Ruth and I are back. Neil Urquhart from Fullerton, Irvine. In fact, to become Irvine Parish Church. And Ruth and I are going to be talking about the summer. We've got some exciting, riveting podcasts coming up. We've got Growing Young. Uh, We've got... What is it again, Ruth? Where is it we're going to in the west coast of Scotland? Ah, we are going to some far-flung, beautiful area in the Kilcoan area at northwest Scotland. I don't know if you, as our listeners, are familiar with that area, but whether you are or whether you're not, you will definitely want to listen in to that podcast from Reverend Donald McCorkendale and Ella Gill. Just on their incredible story, Um, I'm not going to reveal any more of that. That's still to come. Absolutely. And now today what we've got is Ruth and I reflecting on our summers. Ruth, how has the summer been? Well, I want to say long, but it only feels long because we've had a late summer in September, hasn't it? I mean, as soon as the school stopped, I think that was it. The... uh, The grass was happy, the fish were happy, the ducks were happy with all the rain. Uh, But it's been good in amongst uh, all the kind of the mixed bag of weather. It's been good. And I think that was uh, definitely one of my reflections from the summer was no matter the weather, there's goodness in amongst it all. But what about you, Neil? How was your summer? Yes, liquid sunshine. I'm I'm, I'm definitely waterproof and got lots of great cycles and had three weeks up in the Easter Ross and got across to Lewis, and I want to reflect a wee bit on that. Some of my reading as well, got some good reads. And, well, we have voted for a five-way union in Irvine. Well, we've actually voted for a six-way union, but one of the churches is deciding at the moment not to come into the union. Um, But we've got a five-way union starting on the 1st of October. Goodness. Yes. Extending your tent pegs. Yes, that's right. There's quite a few campuses now that we're going to be involved in, which is exciting, but it's also daunting. Um, We've got got lots of things, people, uh, giftings, situations to pull and uh, unite resources. But there's a huge challenge in 
you know, getting accounts together, roles together, pastoral care together, ministry teams together. Uh, but it's it's Jamie Milliken and myself that will be taking it on. Or we, we're the two resident ministers in the town at the moment, and we'll get another half ministry, and hopefully we might be able to actually bump that up to a full-time ministry, someone who can come in and work with us. I hope particularly with the younger people in, in our town and area, which we already have a good work with as it is, but there's great scope for, for stretching that and growing that and, and growing young people, growing our leaders, growing leaders from our younger people as well. And there's 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 the town that's looking on you know how are they going to get on how are they going to relate to each other these people the other church that's not come in yet hopefully they will come in we're we're going to be gracious and 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 open and welcoming to the other congregation to let them come back come come in to the union so it's a whole urban uh, parish church but nonetheless we'll, we'll work alongside the, the the other congregation too so it's yes yeah, you know at the end of our rope there's more of god there's been periods in the last year when i've thought early retirement's looking pretty attractive but it's it's not the way of the cross it's not the way of the cross and and so we're we're taking up our cross and following jesus and there's always resurrection that, that follows the death so yeah, lots to lots to work through. Losses. There's lots of fear uh, that still needs to be worked through. That would be the dominant emotion, and quite a lot of people, I think, there's the fear of losing their building. We won't decide about our buildings until two years in. Uh, we have to work out our vision for mission first, and and then decide about the buildings. Uh, there's the fear of losing our, our building. There's the fear of failure. There's the fear of the unknown. There's a lot of fear, but the thing that has really been striking me, and here's one of the books that I, I've been reading, uh, Surrender by Bono, his autobiography. Uh, I found it fascinating, you know, his his the way he's been released to connect with uh, world needs, you know, Africa aid and and AIDS uh, aid and uh, cancelling world debt. And he talked particularly about his relationship with the American governments and moving from Bill Clinton to, to George Bush and, and how they were poles apart and the great difficulty uh, moving from, from one uh, group to the next, one government to the next, but they managed to find a higher power. They managed to find a higher uh, area in which to agree and that was the needs of others, the love, the care, the concern for the world was what they were able to unite on. And, and that's, what I'm, that's what I'm believing and praying for in our situation here in Urban, that we will be able to get beyond the, the differences and the things that might divide us to, to really the love. I haven't had a summer that has brought five or six churches together. I have to say it's been quite uh, tame in comparison, you might say. <laughs> but I, I'm always inspired and encouraged with, with you, Neil, because there you are, you know, you're extending your tent pegs, we say, and I don't mean that lightly. I understand that there are many complexities within that. And it was good to hear you talk about just that all the different layers that are affected, um, that are from some, you know, the, the things like accounts to eldership and sessions and vision and, and focusing in around a shared joint vision. Um, and 
within all of that, what I'm hearing from you is this this desire for more of the kingdom of God, this desire of more of his will on earth as it is in heaven. And just that whole concept of of growing, of keeping on growing. And one of my reflections this summer has been an awful lot in and around change. And I'm a person, I, I'm quite happy with change, not change for change's sake, but I do, I, I quite like the whole concept of change when it's done with the right reasons. But I'm also aware that's not the same for everybody. Some of us don't like change and would far rather uh, that it just didn't happen. And I kind of feel that maybe in church we can think about change as growth and in one sense to let go of the language of change and take hold of the language of growth. And I'm reminded so much of Jesus talking about being the gardener and how he's just this whole really beautiful metaphors of plants and vines uh, that we are the, you know, the branches within it all. And, and that of course, when you see change in a plant, it's because it's growing. It's the stems grow, they elongate, the flowers grow and blossom. And you're right, there are times where the flowers bloom and then go and they have to go, don't they? So that there is more blooming of the blossoming and the flowers still to come. So um, I actually, as I reflect on my summer, I haven't been doing a lot of gardening either. Um, I, ha- <laughs> I have been doing some running and I have been doing quite a bit of uh, cycling. Uh, not so much up north. I've been involved with the UCI uh, World Championship races, uh, involved in the loosest term, I think, uh, as a spectator and a cheater and a an observer. And um, I was so, I don't know if you saw any of it on the on the coverage and I'm not sure if any of our listeners maybe might have recalled the road closures and uh, just the sheer joy of being able to host such an incredible event first time they've ever done it um I, I was at quite a few of the the races and one of them that struck and really stuck in my mind an awful lot was the one in Glentress with the mountain biking and they had these incredible fastest races from many different countries in the world all line up at the start line and they all started at the same time and they all went off on the same lap that they had to repeat so many times and they all had the same finish line but you know as the race went on the field of racers got stretched out and so the Leaders were way ahead of some of the other middle pack racers and then the ones at the end were getting lapped. I mean, you see it on an athletics track as well. But they were strung out all the way through the race, all doing the same race, all going towards the same goal, aiming for that finish line. And I was really reminded that at this time and season in the church, there are so many parts of the body that are strung out in the same way. So we all set off from our start line and with the mission plans and with the change. And we've got some places that are way ahead in terms of where they're running towards where they need to be. And then there's parts of our body that are in the middle and in that middle pack. And then there's others that are still coming up towards the end for whatever reason. Sometimes it's harder. Sometimes there's just more obstacles to negotiate and to have faith to manoeuvre through as well. 
but we're all still moving towards that finish line. And I was really reminded of that, that uh, muddy mountain bike race. And just, we, we are all in this together. And it reminds me again about Hebrews 12, 13. You'll, you'll know it well. And make straight paths for your feet, so that what is lame may not be put out of joint, but rather be healed. And no matter where we are at in that race, so for all the riders in that mountain bike race down in Glentress, they all needed to recover and heal after their race, no matter how and where they came in it. And it's the same for us. It's the same for the churches as we're going through this time and this season of growth, that there are times of healing that are needed by all of us and that to remember to help each other as we go through this, because surely we are the body of Christ, loving each other and helping each other as we go through this particular season. I did mention running. So that was cycling. But um, maybe you have a cycling story, do you, that you want to share as well? Yes, I do have a cycling story, believe it or not. I'm sure you can. Uh, we went over to Lewis with three weeks in Easter Ross in our holiday house uh, near Tain, a place called Hilton of Cadball, and went across to Lewis. I'd not been before, and we worshipped at Martin's Memorial, which was lovely. Loved the front of our church sign that says, uh, here there's a, what is it, there's a plate. Here's where everybody is somebody and Jesus is Lord. Loved that. And we went down to the foot of Harris, St. Clement's Kirk, there, and it was blowing a hoolie. Uh, but the wind was behind me most of the way. And uh, despite the Force 10 gale and having to get off my bike to push it up a hill a few times and down a hill even, so that wasn't going to be blown into the ravine, I managed to cycle all the way up to Stornoway, and uh, it was tremendous. Quite exhilarating. Uh, but and on the way down, we'd got a chance to see some of the beauty, the splendour that is basically uh, a gorgeous part of the world. Did you know that 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 uh, Lewis and Harris, which of course are one island, uh, is the third largest uh, isle of the British Isles? And do you know what the first and second are? No, who are they? Yeah, well, the British mainland in Ireland. <laughs> <laughs> that was a trick question. <laughs> Yeah, it was. It was. I, 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 I fell for it as well. But uh, yeah, I had a wonderful time on, on Lewis and uh, and a chance to, when I was over by in the East Coast as well, visit folk. Just It's great when you've got someone to cycle to. You know, so I cycled to Brian McLeod in Invergordon and, and Phil Gunn and Andy McGowan in Alness and up to visit Ronnie Gall in, in, in Conton and Strathpeffer. And got a wee bit of an insight into the rural communities that we're going to be exploring with uh, Don McConkett, Corkendale and Company in a few weeks' time. So uh, it was it was lovely to to visit these folk and and to get a sense of what's happening. Yes, there's a rawness about change and a, a working through difficulties, but I also there was a great hopefulness, and I was really encouraged at the worship services that I went to. Um, so yes, thanks for asking, Ruth. So, my, but what I'm hearing is you're loving getting on your bike and going and seeing people. So, listeners, if you would like to see Neil arrive on his bike in your community, <laughs> please let us know. Uh, 
I might even accompany and give you a bit of uh, support there, Neil. But we would love it if you would like to see us come and visit you. We'd love to hear that. That that would be great to hear and hear your stories because, you know, we, we love stories, really do. Um, Neil, are there any other stories from the summer that you want to share? So, yes. Thanks for asking. I, I read a book by Cara Root. Uh, who's a minister, a young, she's in her 30s, I think now, she's a young family, and someone handed me it uh, and said, you've got to read this, and I, I absolutely, thoroughly recommend it. The Deepest Belonging, it's called. Uh, she's a minister of a small congregation, Presbyterian congregation in Minnesota, and the the the, the, the vulnerability was the thing that really came through, the, the honesty and the journeying through difficulty and and really what was a dismantling of our faith. She grew up in a Christian home, uh, really saw her, her parents as, as as real examples to follow. And of course, they ended up getting divorced. Uh, her dad was a minister, ended up uh, getting in the papers for all the wrong reasons. And it, it, basically, she, she felt deserted by her parents and, and by God. And and yet she, she journeyed forward, she journeyed on uh, through these times and eventually uh, she and her husband uh, moved into this uh, congregation where they, uh, she, she, she basically found a, a people who she could really belong to and uh, grow with. And one of the things that they, they did was they, they had a guy called Marty who was quite a colourful uh, guy with a, a checkered past. He'd been involved in Wicca and horoscopes and lots of different things. But he he, he really came through to, to faith in Christ and uh, became an elder and she became very fond of him. And sadly, he contracted cancer and was terminally ill and they thought he maybe only had weeks to live. Um, and they commissioned him to be uh, an elder with dying. Uh, counterintuitive, countercultural. Uh, you don't talk about these things quite as openly, but he was to be honest and open about how he felt in the face of death. And so he was honest about his fears and his uh, difficulties, uh, but he was also honest about the, the faith, the hope and the love that was strengthening him and the blessing of being able to talk about it and to be blessed and prayed for by others. And of course, those weeks stretched to over a year that he, 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 he lived ministering to God's people as someone who was dying. And it's amazing what happens when you open up to some about something like that, that is so in your face, because death is the thing that we all ultimately fear. Uh, perhaps how we die is maybe the thing we fear greatest. Uh, and yet when we are, when we have someone like that, who's willing to be honest and open, it frees, it pe frees people to be honest and open about their fears about their worries and anxieties and and so it was a great ministry it, it really helped the people grow and they've they've developed a a type of service where people if they want to can have a, a pre-funeral uh, service where they're actually attending it and it gives a chance for people to to come around and to to be a part of that telling folk what what they think of uh, with a fair bit of humour, what, what 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 they love about Marty or whoever it whoever it is, and and so he, they had his his drinking pals. They had folk from his different parts of his life in the past coming to that service and being a part of it and being witness to 
as well as to the hope that was really late, really involved there as they look forward to, to not just death but to resurrection. And not everyone felt able to share. Uh, and, and so they could write down stuff and, and put them in on, on a closed peg, uh, or, uh, a clothesline across the, the chancel. So, so I, I was really, really struck by, by this Kararut's honesty, our own rawness in journeying through difficulty and the vulnerability that opened others up as well. Being able to talk about her difficulties opened others up. And, and that struck me that here, you know, I think as, as we face a lot of fear, it's, it's, it's learning to be honest. You know, I, at the end of our rope, there's more of God is the, you know, the paraphrase of the first beatitude. And, and that's the way I see it, you know, and, and, and in my weakness, God has got to come strong. There's, there's no way that we can do what we're being asked to do, Jamie and I and, and, and our elders and, and the team that's here, but God can do it. So let's be honest about our, our, where we falter, where we fail, uh, our weakness, and let's let God be the strength that, that shines through and proves, proves himself. I've never heard anything like that before, Neil. That just sounds... It's... Uh kind of you almost leaves you lost for words in terms of Marty's story there and what Cara's written about it's um really quite incredible and and how the you how they responded to that situation um and how they've journeyed and walked through it in faith um, and you know I'm I'm, a, I'm hearing you talk about the fear and and opening and being honest with one another and you think when, as we are honest and more genuine and vulnerable with one another, I guess that builds trust in our relationships, doesn't it? And just deepens the relationships that we've got within our faith communities. And when we see those deepening relationships, it's growing more of that community where we're reliant on one another and we defer to one another in love because we're, we understand more about one another. And thinking back to what you're saying about all those, you know, the five, six parishes and looking at moving forward together, I'm guessing that having that authentic relationship with one another that is, is going to be really powerful. Yeah, it's all about relationships, isn't it, Ruth? We're going to have to build up the relationships, uh, the love, the care, the trust. Um, and that'll take time. But but we also need to challenge each other to to lift our eyes. That's right to the to the Jesus way, to the taking up of our cross, to the letting go sometimes of the things that that are very dear to us. But we've to find that higher calling of love. Yeah, definitely. I was one of the books I was reading this summer. It's an oldie. Um, well, it's an oldie to me. Uh, it's Eugene Peterson's "The Word Made Flesh: The Language of Jesus in His Stories and Prayers." And there's a whole section that's all about the journey in Samaria and it really slows you down. But you're so struck that in all these parables and the stories and teachings of Jesus, there's such depth of love in it. Um, that I think if you're reading through, not quickly, but, you know, if you're just reading it, you, you'll catch it. But in this particular book, because of the time Eugene Peterson gives to each section and each story within this journey it really causes you to slow down the reader just to really slow down and what I've found is that 
by slowing down into the that you know into that journey with Jesus it's as though there's a little bit more of a mic um, a microscopic effect on every area of faith and it deepens uh, faith and it certainly it means that you can really focus in much greater detail and depth on one particular area um so yes that's a, a, about the love of Jesus that it just it just keeps going you know we talk about it being endless but it really is it just keeps going and going and there isn't an end to it and that's so refreshing to my soul especially when <laughs> you know when the lord disciplines you when you get a little bit of a correction and you you need his love to tend to those wee cut cut ends that you've got so uh it was one of those things that I just I kind of got through running this summer and I love to run but I had uh, an injury that kept me off of running in February and March and a little bit of April and I've had to work really really hard at getting back to doing something that I love and I'm now there and I'm, I'm back into running regularly in longer distances and all in all the ways that I love doing but it was a hard journey it was hard work it was a hard discipline and I realised within this that actually there was a lesson in prayer. Um, and what I found was uh, it was as though, you know, in a microscope, when you use a microscope, there's like a big dial to get it into focus. And then there's a smaller dial to get it into the finer tuned focus. And it was as though uh, the finer tuning focus on my prayer life was really being brought kind of into adjustment and into that correction uh, in that I love I love to pray and so that was like my running I love to pray I love to run but I was having as in that I was working hard with the running to make sure it kept going and it was hard work I was finding that actually the prayer getting it corrected was making it quite hard because what it was doing was bringing my prayers into more focus and tar just, I suppose, uh, more targeted, I suppose, in that sense, but really more focused on Jesus and more focused on the things that God wanted. And there was a that was hard work on the inside of me because you have to. I was finding I was letting go of some of the things I was personally praying about to take up other things, uh, other prayers and other areas to pray in that uh, just changed the way I was praying. And um, I was thankful to have the, my running alongside that physical kind of expression of what was happening, running alongside the spiritual work that God was doing on the inside. And again, I'm thankful that that worked in parallel with this slowing down and seeing the absolute depth of the love of Jesus. Uh, and it's good, you know, that correction from God is good, that microscopic changes that are sometimes a bit ouchy but that are really good correction from God because you know in our faithfulness it produces fruit yeah I love that idea or the practice of just slowing down hurry sickness of course is a great affliction for us all it can be that just that moving too quickly and just that slowing down and and allowing loving God's spirit to help us recognize what's really happening what's what's really at the heart of what god wants for us 
yeah, it's it's very easy to miss that. I agree with you about slowing down and having that spiritual gazing and longer lingering moments with Jesus. It really, uh, I think, it brings a great richness into the into our soul and. Neil, I'm, I'm sure you're the same, that I'm really hoping as we move into this new season of Emerging Emmaus podcasts, that it's going to be a time that allows us and all our listeners to slow down and really just think and ponder about what God is doing and what we're doing and how we can move forward together into the hope of new life that Jesus always gives us. Yes, absolutely. And and listeners, come on, you've got you've got issues that uh, in slowing down we can bring into the microscope that you suggest. So so give us ideas about what you would like podcasts about situations, stories, issues, cares, concerns. Uh, we might even be able to come to come and visit you, as, as Ruth says. So thanks so much for joining us. Join us next time for our next one with Growing Young. In your neighbourhood trudged two dumped Jesus friends, drowning before dawning, moving through a maze of misery to an amazing Emmaus encounter. Emerging Emmaus. Good grief, our dream is dead. Going home instead, comfort of my bed. Good grief, the pain. Hope hard to sustain, love down the drain. Good grief, where have you been? What we've seen, blown to smithereens. Good grief, how our hearts burned, our minds turned, or all we learned. Good grief, don't go away, come in to stay. You've shown the way. Good grief, how he broke the bread with hands that bled, then disappeared. Good grief, Jesus alive? No need to strive, chance to thrive, Jesus alive. Good grief, no time to waste, now we have a taste to Jerusalem with haste. Emerging Emmaus, a well-kent lament echoes through the years. How long, how long? Good as is the grieving process, may it be a means to access visions and dreams of Christ's kingdom come. Emmaus, emerge from the gloom. Come, Holy Spirit, come. So for future podcasts, join us via the Sanctuary First website, Facebook page and app, and also via Spotify and Apple Podcasts. Come on, tune in.